everyone. Welcome to the Incremental Gains podcast. My guest today is Ed Cunningham from A Need to Read podcast. How are we doing, Ed? You all right? Yeah, all good, man. Thank you very much for having me. Excited no problem. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time to come on. I know you're really busy. So what's life like back in the UK? Uh, it's, it's all right. Like, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't really complain. The, the weather's getting better. I'm just about to move out. I live in Dorset at the moment. I'm just right. about to move to London. So I've just been like trying to find places, which it's always ag, trying to move in there. Um, but that's all sorted now. So I should be moving in a couple of weeks and, and no complaints. Cool, cool. So what, you moving to London, did you say? Yeah. 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 It's just a bit, um, it's quiet where I am. I think for the sake of the podcast, it'd be better for me to be somewhere where people actually are, as opposed to me like living in the middle of the country where the Wi-Fi is not even that good. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, at some point in our conversation, the dog might interrupt me and start barking that she needs to go out. So apologies. Right. <laughs> you have to tend to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so what was like life like out in Bali? How long were you out in Bali for? Um, so I was out there from November to the start of March. Um, I know it's great. Like it's, it's a bit weird, obviously, because it's not what it's usually like. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the gap in sort of like wealth is very clear to see now. Right. Whereas like the the sort of the poorer people in Bali, you don't see them that much when there's loads of tourists. But you can really see like how hard they've been hit through the lack of tourism. Yeah. Um, which was it, it was sad and quite uncomfortable to see at times um probably contributed to why i left in the mm. end because it was just it's, it's it's not what it's usually like yeah 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 is it quite a a simpler life out there is it oh definitely definitely like they don't need much to get by yeah. Like their police only get paid like 200 dollars a month all right um like as an actual salary um which probably leads to quite a bit of the corruption and stuff mm. over there um, in terms of like the police and the government and stuff like that, because they don't get paid that much. Yeah. They're more than happy to take take the odd bribe. Yeah. Is that something that you kind of brought back with you, maybe a little bit of a mindset as you don't need a lot really, do you? You don't need a lot to just be content or be, be happy. Yeah, I think so. I think it's more of a case of like sharing it out with people if you have extra Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely feel like I've, I've come back a bit more charitable. Like, um, if yeah. anything comes up, it's like, oh, this set of people need money. I'm like, yeah, they probably do. Like, give it out. <laughs> so, let, congratulations, by the way, on the success of the the podcast over the last. I think is it just over a year now? You've been you've been running the podcast. Yeah, so I've been doing it now since the fifth of April last year. So just over a year. Yeah. Um, and my, my perception of it is that it's been a success. Has it been a success for you? Do you think it's it's gone? How do you think it's gone? Yeah, I think it's gone well. I think obviously whenever you're at the helm of something, you're less likely to consider it a success than anyone yeah, else yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> will. But I like I know that I'm doing good. I think that's something that I've had to come to terms with recently that I'm actually doing the right job. Yeah. Um, which has been probably more difficult than it should be. But yeah, it's it's definitely going in the right direction. Yeah. What, what is it then, do you think? Because I think everyone, we don't like paying ourselves compliments, do we? We don't like thinking that we're pretty pretty good, we're doing good at something. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I always think that people obviously give themselves a really hard time. But I also think people just kind of like hate themselves a little bit and don't ever want to admit it. But when you can kind of work with that and understand that like there's going to be times where you think you're the worst person in the world because you've made like the smallest decision. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gone great. Um, 
you can kind of work with it and not necessarily give yourself that hard time and not realize that the hard time you're giving yourself isn't real yeah it doesn't actually what you're thinking isn't real yeah um yeah it's a weird one like I, I wish i knew the formula to it i think you'd be a very helpful person to the world if you could come up with a formula for that yeah <laughs> well it sounds like you've cracked the podcast formula though like i mean the growth that you've had in the last just over 12 months like you say has been has been massive in terms of the downloads i think you put a post out the other day with the the, the downloads that you'd had it was it's amazing isn't it yeah it's crazy like the thing is in in my head i'm like that it's still not enough like <laughs> I, I wanted to be at like a million downloads in the first year which obviously ridiculous aim and i think the further you go along in podcast and you realize like how the numbers are never what you'd expect them to be yeah um like i know people with huge followings who have got only just over the amount of downloads that i've got all right um because it just doesn't translate like the amount of followers i have on instagram doesn't mean that i get that many downloads like per week Mm -hmm. which is uh, i'm grateful that i focused on the instagram for growth because where people can't be asked listen to me for an hour they might see one post that will take them three seconds buy the book and then yeah change your life like it's yeah it would be selfish of me to just be like oh, i'm just going to do the podcast and not going to bother with instagram um because people's attention is like very valuable to them so yeah, where they course, won't want to yeah. give an hour they can give 30 seconds and i'm like oh that makes sense i'll make that change or i'll, I'll make that relevant sort of adjustment mm-hmm kind of like the, the currency now of the digital age isn't it is attention mm. yeah people try because there's that much stimulus knocking about whether that's all the different social medias or just information overload and you've got to you've got to try and get that person's attention for however long it is an instagram video yeah yeah oh it's so hard because we, we just don't want to give our attention to things that take longer than like three seconds nowadays it's like things like tiktok have like taken off because it's like right 20 seconds 20 seconds 20 seconds it's just all it's all it takes now yeah i know so where was you when you when you kind of what was you doing what what was you up to when you first started to make the decision or get interested or think it might be a good idea to start this this podcast i need to read um so i was in bali last year when the whole coronavirus thing kicked off and um it, i couldn't get back into australia because i was living in australia mm-hmm. they just shut their borders to everyone um, as soon as it kicked off, which turned out probably was quite a good idea. Um, and then I came home, no job. Most of my stuff was in a flat in Australia. Yeah. And I was li- back living with my parents. And I was like, well, I don't want to get a job. <laughs> I was like, it's it's going to be a hard market. I'm going to end up in a job that I hated. Like My mental health wasn't in a place to be like, oh, I can go and work in sales again, because that's what I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like... I like talking about books. I talk about books to all my friends. They're getting a bit bored of it. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'll just check it on the internet and see if anyone like wants to listen. And if I can, like, I thought if I could encourage the changes that I've made in my life through sort of reading and getting someone else to sort of in- encourage them to make those changes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's such a win. Um, and, and people have started like following, started listening, which has been really, really encouraging. So I think, <laughs> If it hadn't been, I don't know. It's strange to think like if it, if it hadn't caught on so early, like what would I be doing now? I don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point? At what point in the in the last like twelve months did you think? Hang on, this this could actually 
be a job for me. This could actually make me an income and I could like live doing this. I think I thought it from the very start, but it was oh, like what stage that I got to that point was was like up for debate. And I think it was like October when I first took any sort of money from anything. Yeah. And I made like 30 quid in a day <laughs> selling bookmarks and I was buzzing. <laughs> um, and then I started like picking up a couple of sponsors like towards the end of the year. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I can actually make a living out of telling people to read books, telling people to go to therapy. Like, oh, this yeah. is insane. <laughs> <laughs> and now people are sending you books as well to read now, aren't they? People yeah. are actually sending you books, yeah. Yeah, I've been getting quite a few of them for a while. Right. And it got to a stage where I was receiving all these books and I can't even read the books that I want to read myself. Like, I feel like there's just so little time, even mm-hmm. though there's an abundance of time. Um, like, I just want to read, like, 30 books a month, but I can't because <laughs> so antisocial and and probably make me a bit weird yeah. um but yeah like I, I i now have a rule where if someone wants to send me a book i'm not like agreeing to reading it at all like i've had people try and offer to like pay me to read their books and my boss not why would i want to do something i enjoy for money and then like when i'm doing the review of someone's book if they paid me for it i'd be like oh this is really good yeah like Like, i I wouldn't want to be harsh yeah yeah (laughs) so what um how often do you actually read then how how often during the day are you reading what length of time usually in the mornings um obviously if i'm doing something in the morning like i won't try and force myself up like i went surfing on saturday and I got up at five, like read for half an hour and then meditated and then went for a surf. And like by the time I was back at nine o'clock, I'd like read, meditated, surfed. Yeah. I was like, this is a bit too much. So like I can do it later in the day. Um, but yeah, it's about an hour a day I'll spend reading now, which isn't actually that much. I was going to say and- people might, people might already know, know you are and be part of your platform and think, oh, he obviously reads for hours and hours every day getting through these books. Yeah. But that's quite achievable for everyone, really, isn't it? Like oh, 40 massive. minutes an hour every day. Yeah. It's really achievable. And I suppose doing that consistently, the amount of books you'd go through is a hell of a lot of books, isn't it? If you just read for an hour a day. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's like the name of this podcast, and it's like incremental gains. Like if you just do like a little bit each day, yeah, it'll it'll slowly start to like go up. You'll notice you'll, you'll start like saying things like shit, am I? am I pretty intelligent? <laughs> where, where has this come from? Um, but yeah, literally, it's just a little bit each day and people overcomplicate it. So, oh, I must sit there and read a whole book. I'm like, nah, if, like, if I get to a point and it's boring me, I'll just put that down. It doesn't, I, I don't force anything. I'm not sitting there like studying the books. Like I just I read for enjoyment. I think it was like Naval Ravikant. It was like, read what you love until you love to read. Mm. Like, basically, I don't know any smart people that don't read. Yeah. And like when you read about like these great people, like the people guy made Nike or Netflix or like Elon Musk, like they all loved reading, and it was like a staple part of their day. So instead of like watching TV, it's like right, I'm just going to read for an hour. And when you get into like a decent novel or something, like I usually read non-fiction, but when you get into a decent novel, like you can finish a four or five hundred page book pretty quickly. Mm Because you read it in a different way in which you'd read like a, a non-fiction book. Yeah. Because you're yeah, just like you're following the story and it's very easy to kind of like skim skim read it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I've just started reading um, more fiction on a night to help me sleep and relax a little bit because I mm. found that I was read because I predominantly read non-fiction and 
your mind's racing when you're trying to get to sleep, thinking about some of the ideas in the books that you're reading. Um, so mm. I started just reading uh, David Gemmell. It's like a kind of a fantasy, a fantasy author. He written, oh, cool. writes about a lot of sagas like uh, Troy and and all stuff like that. Like so, oh, sick. I started reading uh, reading his before I go to bed, and it is it is relaxing me as well. Yeah, yeah, it's mad like what your brain comes up with when you're reading like a good story. Like Jesus, I know. It's like people watch films, and that's just essentially that person's interpretation of that story but when you read the story you get to interpret yourself and make the characters look how you want them to look and stuff like that. it's great definitely definitely i remember um, i was listening to you on um you had james haskell as a guest on on one of your mm. podcasts didn't you and something that you said that was interesting was and, and you alluded to it before that you it's a job that you love doing you love to read so one of my questions was going to be later on um mm. would you persevere with a book that you're actually not into or would you just bin it and, and sack it off and I think you addressed that on the podcast that if you love what you're doing, why would you make yourself unhappy by trying to force your way through a book that you're not enjoying? And yeah. I, I'm guilty of, I will persevere through a book because I think, oh, I can't just read half of it and then not finish it. <laughs> yeah, that's where we, you're like playing into the hands of the numbers. And mm. it's like, you want to add it on so it can be a book that you finish. But let's say, for example, you, you've got a nonfiction book and then you're reading through it and you're bored about a third of the way through you've probably already got the gist of what the book's about. You've probably already got the answers to the questions that you wanted answers to by picking up the book. And if there's stuff that's left like unanswered, you can just find the names of the chapters and be like, right, that's the one. And then just skip ahead because you're not in school. No one's testing you on the books. <laughs> like, I think that's, that's the thing that gets in the way of people's reading is that they feel they have to read word for word. And it's something yeah. I'm trying to do now is like, skip over the bits and then find the bits that are interesting read them make sure that that sticks as opposed to reading the whole book like word for word and then like expecting someone to test me on it like i have like extenuating circumstances where like i have to talk about it Mm -hmm. um so i have to understand it in that little bit of a deeper level but even then my mind's playing tricks on me being like oh you need to know this you need to know this that actually you don't, you just need to get like the general idea of it. <laughs> so have you always read, even from school, you've always been an avid reader? Nah. What's something that's come come a bit later on, like? Yeah, it was like two and a bit years ago, I, like I first picked up my proper book to read. Um, what was like the first since... proper book then? What was the first proper book you picked up to read? Well, it was a bit intense. It's called The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. Um, right. It's about 500 pages of really small words, and it's about <laughs> like why people are split when it comes to like politics and religion and how like their minds are set up from their environment and they won't sway from like their truth. Right. But that was the first book like, I actually read, but I was listening to audiobooks for a good like five, six months before then. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I had like a half an hour commute into work. So I was like, right, half an hour in the morning, half an hour in the evening. I can do that every day, an hour a day. That's an audiobook at least every week. Um so I was just smashing through audiobooks. Um, but yeah, that was the first book that I read. And I was like, anything else from that was quite an easy read. Yeah, so what drew you to that particular book then? Because like you said, it's a bit intense, that, isn't it? To uh, dip your toe in. <laughs> yeah, I think it was because it was a, there was something going on with politics at the time. And it was probably Brexit. Mm-hmm. Um, or something along those lines. And I was like, well, I don't really know anything about this. And I'd like to get a deeper understanding. So I was like, I'll just read a book on it. And I'd heard the guy on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about loads of like social psychology. And I was like, oh, well, that, it does sound quite interesting. 
Um, so yeah, I just made my way through that. Yeah, and then just couldn't really stop from there on. <laughs> it's interesting because I I'd never been like I'm 40 now, and I've never really been into reading in school or in my 20s. And then I met me me now wife, mm. and my wife's an avid reader. So when she was reading, I was like, well, I've got nothing to do now, so I may as well start reading as well. So that's how I got into reading then. And yeah, more more nonfiction than anything else. But yeah, that's how I started reading. It's interesting that. When I was younger, I just wasn't into it. Whether I thought it was yeah. a bit, I don't know, a bit of a geeky thing to do or the, the stereo, a bit of a bookworm, the stereotype that comes with that, I don't know. It wasn't cool, but yeah. I wish I'd have obviously started reading a lot earlier now. Like, yeah. I know. It sucks because, like, in school, it's not cool to read. Yeah. And, it, like, that does pain me, but, like, I understand it because I used to think it. Like, I've come from a place of, like, reading's a waste of time. I remember going on holiday once with an ex-girlfriend and she's bought loads of books in the airport. I was like, why are you going to sit around and read books when you're in another country and you could just go and do a load of exploring? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you're not going to do that all the time, are you? I was like, yeah, but yeah, but why are you going to sit down and read? <laughs> like, I just, I couldn't comprehend it. And then obviously I started and I was like, oh my God, I wish I could message her and say sorry, but she wouldn't want to speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I know books and, um, counseling and talking are, are a big part of your kind of message to people and that why mm. why are they so important for you to um kind of get people talking about whether they've had mental health struggles and obviously part of the reading and kind of like going internal isn't it and trying to look at yourself from an internal perspective and answer the questions that are going on inside why is that so important for you as a message to get out there i just think because i've come from a place where i avoided all of that for so long and i see where my life could have gone if i'd carried on in that way I'm like, i just don't want other people to go through it because i i think whenever anyone is spreading a passion it comes from their own like personal experience and for me like i just life is so much better now that i know more yeah. and that i know that i don't really know anything <laughs> like a sense of humility of like i really need to understand the inner workings of the world far better if i'm going to get on in life mm-hmm and um i think things like counseling like getting to know yourself is like the most important thing people can do Gosh, people yeah. spend all this money on like numbing methods like they'll go out they'll do drugs they'll drink yeah, to numb, yeah, yeah. yeah to numb what's going on in their head when really like if you were like right over the next 12 weeks i'm gonna go to therapy once a week or twice a week and like dedicate this time to myself just three months of your life getting to know yourself will just pay dividends mm-hmm. all the way along the line. Yeah. Could, can people look at it like um, kind of reframe it where they don't need to be having um, problems, issues before getting counseling. They can do it now as a prevention rather than a cure method. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think the best things like from therapy have come for me at times where I felt like I was okay. Yeah. Um, and that's when you get like these realizations that, oh, I am okay, but like this can make things better. And then that's when you go from like a, a point where you feel like you're okay to a way better point. And it, it just like a, it hits different to sort mm-hmm. of say it in, in that way. Like it does feel like you've made such better gains. Um, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if, if, if you go in as like yeah i'm actually okay but i just i'm doing this therapy to become better um because although people should have this sense of like oh i'm enough and i'm all of this like 
I think wanting to get better is like a really, really natural thing mm-hmm. for people. Um, so I think everyone should just give it a go. Like there's nothing to lose by sitting there and reading. Like there's more to lose by sitting there in the scroll hole or sitting there like on your eighth episode deep on a series on a Sunday. <laughs> Whereas, like, just swap out 20 minutes of that a day for reading, like, you're not asked to do, like, a big change. Definitely, I agree. And how important, I'm just looking over your shoulder there with the self-care um, picture. Mm. How important is kind of meditation in that for you as well? Huge. Because I think Huge. you've just done, just in this morning, checking your feed and that, you've done, like, a year, is it? A year? Yeah, it's so bad, yeah. just done a year the other day, and... Like, I, I know meditation can be traumatic for some people, but they're very much the exception rather than the rule. Mm-hmm. I just think meditation can have such a profound impact on people's lives, just in terms of, like, clarity, in terms of, like, the able to respond um, as opposed to react. Like, when something... I always use, like, road rage as a good example. If you're getting angry at someone for, like, being too close to you or something that they've done on the road... It just means that you're not as calm as you should be because there's no way that you can communicate that to them beyond like pulling them over and stopping them, which they're obviously yeah. not going to do. Yeah. So it's just a, a pointless emotion. Um, so when when you meditate, I feel like after maybe six months of meditating, I, was like, I literally haven't felt angry on the roads for so long. <laughs> not that I was massive on road rage before, yeah. but um, it's a good sort of gauge of, of how far you've come. Yeah. It's like using road rage as your gauge. <laughs> <laughs> your benchmark. Whether you kick off at someone for cutting you up on the roundabouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like if you find yourself out of the car with your fist clenched, like you should probably meditate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not got into it. I do meditate, but I've not got a consistent daily practice. Like I might miss a few days and come back to it. And when I do a consistent practice, I'm definitely, I do feel better, but I feel it more when I'm not doing it, if that makes sense. Mm. so the the benefits of me doing it they're obviously there but i, I can't really tell that much until i yeah. stop doing it yeah. if you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah definitely it's one of those things and like trying to get it consistent is hard like i definitely i probably meditated for about a year inconsistently before i started doing it every day like without fail and what's then your I practice try... then what's your little ritual to to try and try and ingrain it into that daily practice is there something you do as well as meditate is there a, a little routine that goes along with it and my, so my mornings are like sacred for me. So in the mornings I'm like up, I meditate and then mm-hmm. I read. Right. So as soon as I get up, before I go on my phone or anything, I'm like, right, headspace, put the timer on and I just sit there. I was doing an hour a day for a couple of weeks and then I realised that was getting, it was pretty intense. Right. Um, so I just do an hour three times a week and then every other day it'll be like half an hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I've built up to that over yeah. like a year yeah. and I'm sure that will probably have increased next year. Um, but yeah, getting it consistent in terms of like actually building a habit is just like bolt it onto something that you already do. Like I already read in the mornings. So I was like, cool, well, I'll meditate so I can then read. And if I yeah. haven't meditated, I won't read. Yeah. I'm a massive fan of, um, so I journal as well in the morning. Mm. And one thing that I found that helped, and uh, what's the guy's name of the book? James Clare, is it the habit stacker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I stacked the coffee I have in the morning. It's a habit. I just have a coffee every time I wake up in the morning. So I was doing yeah. the journal while I enjoy my coffee. And it sounds so simple, but just doing it at the same time as having the coffee means that I journal consistently every morning now, rather than it yeah. being a separate act as well. 
yeah yeah definitely how much better do you feel like now it's like it's right i get my coffee and i journal and like that's that's your thing now it's like two things together that work really well yeah do you do you journal like and what's your structure for it um so i'm i'm part of paul mort's some of paul mort's programs so he has his own specific journal done it so it's a few questions um to get you into the right state during the day write down three things you need to do um what's one thing you're excited about and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end yeah. of the day, what could have gone better? What are you looking forward to tomorrow? So you kind of, um, well, he, he says like the questions are the steering wheel of the mind, aren't they? So instead of concentrating on the negative shit that happened that day or stuff you can't control, look for evidence of the positive yeah. stuff that happens that day. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. I don't really, I'm not really like a scheduler in terms of, I don't use it to, to document everything I've got to do that day in terms of nine mm. o'clock with a podcast. I'm in work at 10. I use it more for, to get myself mentally prepared for the day. Like, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get yeah. you. Yeah. But you've got a journal practice as well. Ed. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've got now, I used to do like three things I'm grateful for. One thing I'll do to move towards a goal. Um, and then I was like, actually, I feel at the point now where I can, I wake up and I'm just genuinely grateful for stuff so like, mm-hmm. I don't write down every morning like what I'm grateful yep. for because I think after a certain period it can seem a little bit like forced doing that and so I now you kind I'm, of pick the same things all the time don't you and you think well I'm saying the yeah. same thing every day so. yeah I'm like oh how grateful can I really be that the tree's outside of green yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't really like work like that so I've, I've changed it now to I have one journal where I'll just dump stuff from my mind like every day or every other day like I'm not strict with it yeah and then I've got one because where my life was lacking like I needed a bit of like planning so I got a different type of journal where you like write down what will make you fulfilled by the end of the week and I set myself targets right yeah um where I'll put like right I'm gonna do something fun three times this week so that like at the end of the week I've I've made time for something fun to do whether that's like skateboarding or surfing or something like that and then I'll have my like three hours of meditation. I do it as like a dot list. Have you ever heard of them? Dot list, no. So you just literally put a dot next to each thing. And then when you've done it, you fill in the dot. Oh, right. it's, it's no different to like ticking things off, really. Yeah. But I feel like it, it's so much more satisfying to just like fill in the dot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I think, to be, to be honest with you, I'm sure my mate spoke to me about this type of journaling with dots and different different mm. signs for stuff, whether you've achieved it or not, like... Yeah, I, I haven't looked that deeply into it, but it's just a case of like, I'll just like fill in the dot and go, oh yeah, I've done that, I've done that, yeah. I've done that. And I can look back at the end of the week and be like, okay, this is what I missed. Why did I miss it? Um, so I can just pull myself apart a little bit because I think when you work for yourself, like you don't get to have Monday morning meetings. With people. You don't have business meetings. You don't get to like discuss your ideas with anyone. Yeah. So you just have to do it with yourself. So journaling is such a powerful tool, especially if you work on your own. Definitely. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how busy are you now? Are you, are you? Is it something that you need to plan your day at the beginning of the week on a Sunday? You sit there with like a little plan. This is on Monday. This is Tuesday. I'm doing this Wednesday. Boom, boom. Are you that yeah. busy now with the podcast and business meetings? Yeah, like I, I, I resent busyness. Like I, I am less busy than someone who's got a nine to five. But when I do stuff, it's probably more cognitively like demanding. Yeah. So I, and I like to keep a lot of free time to just make sure I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can go do that. I can go and do whatever I want, essentially. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I've definitely found myself having to plan a little bit more recently. Yeah. But you, you, you want that freedom as well that being self-employed brings as well, doesn't it? Like you talk about mm. planning in, planning in to actually have fun and do fun things that you're fulfilled by surfing, whatever it is. Yeah. Otherwise, you just get bogged down in constantly chasing and like you talk about the numbers before. When are you actually spending time for yourself, for the self-care, doing stuff that you enjoy doing? Otherwise, what's what's the point, really? Yeah, definitely. Like this weekend, I went off Instagram this weekend because I was like, because yeah. I just think about it all the time. There's, a, there's always going to be a message there that I haven't seen before. There's always going to be something that I'll like need to give my attention to. Yeah. So I just was like, right, this weekend, I'm just, just not, not having any part of it. So I just deleted the app off my phone. It was great. And then when I went to log back in, it was like, oh, there's been an attempt on your account. I was like, oh, no, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> But luckily it was all right. <laughs> there was a Tim Ferriss video on um, YouTube, I think I watched a few weeks ago. It was only a little five-minute clip. And he was talking about, um, so ways to to what to reduce your screen time on, on your phone mm. and all that. And he was he took the apps off his phone. So any social media apps, he took them off his phone. Yeah. He, uh, he only accesses email on a laptop. He doesn't access email on his phone. Oh, and he was like, like at the end of the day, at the end of like a week, or it was a few days, maybe not a week, a few days he'd come back and visit it online. And the messages he got, he was like, I didn't actually miss anything that important. Yeah. I mean, you think you are, oh, I've been a day without being on my phone, but he was like, it wasn't actually essential stuff that I was missing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am... Um, we went to, we were fortunate enough to go on holiday last year. We went to uh, Rhodes in between lockdowns. Oh, nice. And uh, we, we were very lucky like to, to get on holiday. And um, I'd read the book previously, but the four-hour work week, I'd read mm. it previously and I was um, I was full-time employed at the time of reading it and it didn't really resonate with me. It was like, yeah, it doesn't really appeal to me that because I'm it employed. Sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm employed. There's nothing really I can do about that. And um I've suddenly recent. I've recently become self-employed. I still work part-time, but I'm I'm self-employed as well. Yeah, no. I read it again on holiday, and it was just a completely different book than the the, re- the way I read it the first time. There was things I could access, not necessarily the four-hour work week, but um, automating certain things like the emails and when you check them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, it was a powerful, totally different book. Just where I was at in my headspace at the time, it was crazy. Yeah, it's something I probably need to revisit it now. Like. Now that I'm probably more open to receiving that information, mm-hmm. it will definitely, probably, definitely, probably, that's a bit of an oxymoron. <laughs> um, it will help. It will definitely help. Yeah. I found definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's get on to books. Okay. What are the best books you've read so far this year? Top three. Or oh, so far this year, right. I'm going to... Not necessarily books that have been out this year, but the best books you've read so far this year. I'm gonna to have to get on Goodreads and just see what I've actually read. Can I get? Can I try and guess one of them? Yeah. Going off like what you've put out on on your podcast and stuff like that. So I reckon one of them, the best books you've read so far this year, and you've mentioned him already, Naval Ravikant. Yeah. Would that be up there? A hundred percent. Why? He is just one of the most well-rounded individuals (laughs) in the whole entire world like he is a multi-multi-millionaire he lives like quite a spiritual life he doesn't do things he doesn't want to do Mm -hmm. he seems pretty streamlined with the stuff that he wants to share and 
he's just and he's just so smart like the way he puts things into perspective when you listen to him like he's got a great podcast series which is just like three four minute podcasts of just little bits of wisdom yeah he's just insane like listening to him on joe rogan i was like oh, oh, i'll so listen to that episode as well yeah 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 unbelievable and then with the book the book is essentially because he's too busy or not too busy he values his time too much he's like right well I'll give you the information for a book, but there's all this information in podcasts that you can just take from that. So someone else took that, wrote it all up, and then asked him some like additional questions in like an interview type format and got all of the information from his head onto paper. <laughs> and I think for me, it was a bit of like confirmation bias. He was like, if you want to be wealthy, like create media that will last forever. I'm like, okay, cool. That's yes, cool. I'm on the right path. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm going to be you soon. And he just <laughs> loves reading as well. Like his valued reading from like a really young age. Yeah. Um, which I'm quite jealous of, obviously, because it would have been nicer to be big on reading from a younger age. Mm-hmm. I think most investors seem really like out of touch, but he's not like a flashy guy. Mm-hmm. He's like just very well-rounded. Like I said, he was great. Um, looking at other books and this is weird because I usually hate books about money but The Psychology of Money was so good um, by Morgan House yeah Housel. there's it, I've um, read that as well that's a wicked book yeah yeah I think just because like a lot of money books make make it seem out of reach for people whereas with The Psychology of Money I was like okay well like theoretically I could actually be a millionaire by the time I'm 50 if I just put money away right now yeah. and it's just that whole like compound interest thing um what I found so interesting that, about it was and it, it comes in the title it, it is what it says on the tin the psychology of money is your mindset around money in it it's not yeah. just all about earning as much as you can wealth it's your mindset and whether that's been how you've brought up with money but questioning and you spoke about it on the on the review that you did the important thing is so what is your mindset about money have you mm. even looked at the way you look at money yeah yeah because i hadn't i like i would get money i'm like right well what what can i do with this what can i spend it on and i'm still like i'll always be a spender of money as opposed to a saver but i think for any book to like open up my mind to potentially putting money away for like for the future has done an insane job yeah um I'm just having a look at other books. Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. Have you read that? I've not read that, no, but I've heard a lot, a lot of people talk about it. Yeah, yeah, about resistance and getting on. Yeah. Resistance so in, in terms of like a mindset book, that one, for me, probably because it fits my ideals around mindset, it was, it right. was great. Um, and then I've read some novels that I loved, like The Thursday Murder Club was super funny. To Kill a Mockingbird was really good. Yeah. Um, at what point do you decide to to dip into a novel? It does it is it just random or is it like you might be reading a lot of nonfiction and think, oh, I need a break from that now, like and you'll go into a, a novel or some sort of fiction? It's really weird because it's like it just comes to me in waves, like you say, like quite random. I on Friday, I was like, I, I don't really want to read anything that I'm gonna learn from today. So I just started this novel that I was sent ages ago by Penguin or someone like that. It's like 470 pages, and I read it in two days. I just got right. so into it. What was that called? Um, and it's called Your Neighbor's Wife. It's like oh, a right. love story, murder story, so much drama that you'd never hope to have in your actual real life. Yeah. But you get to live it for a little bit when you're reading the book. Um, <laughs> so I just I just smashed through it. 
and then I'll probably get back on non-fiction this week. But I'm, I'm going to try and be more consistent with having a fiction book on the go all the time. Right. Because I do actually really enjoy that, and I forget that I enjoy it sometimes. Yeah. So is, how do you sit with that then? Because um, who was I listening to the other day? I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. But they will have like five or six books on the go at once, rather than just reading one, finish it, start another. They will dip in and have five or six books, maybe on a Kindle or hard copies. Yeah. What's your kind of opinion on that? Is that something you do or not? Yeah, like I'm looking around my room now, and there's a lot of bookmarks with like halfway through books <laughs> maybe i think realistically i probably read about four or five at the same time but i give varied amount of attention to each one because right. otherwise like i'd be i don't do like 10 pages of this a day 10 pages of that day that's all too structured for me i kind of do it i'm like right well i want to learn about the environment today and yeah. then after 20 pages i'm like, okay bored next one because then it keeps it varied and like if you don't mind spending money on books which i really don't it it becomes quite easy to have like a, a good few books on the go yeah 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 it is like some people would be like you spend all that money on books but if that's what you value if that's what like your highest value is then you obviously get a lot of value from it and why wouldn't yeah you? yeah that's and also you, like you should spend books money on, yeah? are such an investment you can learn one thing from a book which might change your attitude to one thing at work which will then get you noticed and then you might be up for a promotion because you just had a change in attitude yeah for the yeah. sake of seven quid it's worth worth a go isn't it <laughs> Definitely. of course it is yeah um so what book and you can't use morgan Housel's one again but what book surprised you the most that you've ever read in the last maybe year if you can pick one off the top of your head surprised me the surprised most. you the most yeah was and i picked it up thinking i wasn't gonna like it yeah one book that I've been struggling with and I've not finished it is um, um, one that you reviewed um, a few months ago, Awareness. Um, okay. I can't think of that. Anthony Mello. Yeah. Struggling. Yeah. Persevering yeah. with it, but I'm struggling with it. What, what, what is it that's like getting in the way? I think I'm trying to read too much of it probably with, rather than reading the chat because the chapters are only small, aren't they? They're just little like a couple of paragraphs or maybe a little bit longer. And then stopping and digesting rather than just right. I've read that bit. Next, next chapter. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sitting there with it enough. I don't think, and that's making yeah. it quite a challenge. Uh, it definitely makes you think that book. So you like you you start reading. Oh, I'm doing everything wrong. And yeah, if you just one specific just... chapter about um, because I I run so incremental gains is a is a not for profit. Yeah. And one of the chapters in the book is why you, even though you think you're doing something for someone with no like reward for yourself oh, like, doing it for yourself so you're quite yeah. selfish really and i was like what <laughs> yeah it it sucks that like there is no thing it's like true altruism yeah but like if it, if it didn't feel good to do good people wouldn't do it so it's like it doesn't matter how you get to the point that you're doing good it's just you're just doing good and yeah it doesn't matter like, if you're using that to make yourself feel better as well as long as yeah you know, fuck it it doesn't matter like no one yeah. has to know that side of it you could just be like or even if you're like honest about it but yeah i like doing good it makes me feel good so i'm going to continue doing it yeah no i'll that. keep persevering with it and maybe do it in chunks rather than trying to read it consistently like i would any other book yeah just read it to the point where you get something that's like oh that's a bit mind-blowing i'm going to put that down think about that for a moment yeah um a book that like shocked me a little bit in terms of how good it was and 
the fact that I would never have picked this up a couple of years ago and probably would have taken the piss out of something like this was the Tao of Pooh. Right. So it's like Winnie the Pooh and Taoism, which is like an ancient Chinese philosophy and how they kind of intertwine. I thought that was so good. And I felt like real nostalgia sort of reading. I was like, oh my God, that's Winnie the Pooh from like when I was a kid. <laughs> um, but linked in with some very adult sort of subjects. It was, right. it was great. Um, but I didn't expect it to be that good. I just thought, oh, that looks like an easy way to learn about a Chinese philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> so would you recommend that to people then if they're kind of struggling with maybe like philosophy and stuff and, and that kind of Eastern philosophy way of looking at things, combining yeah. it with Winnie the Pooh. It's quite a, an oh. easy digestible way of trying to understand oh. it. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's just like the author was like, right, how can I translate this to people that are probably not as smart as me? And he's like, right, Winnie the Pooh will do. So <laughs> that he put them together and it's, it's worked really, really well. Yeah. Um, other books that have shocked me. Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It by Kamal Ravikant. His brother, his yeah, yeah. brother, yeah. yeah. Um, I read that because I was like, oh, I could do with a little bit more self-love. And then I realised how much of it I actually needed when I mm, read right. that book. And I was like, okay, this actually, this whole thing makes me feel really, really uncomfortable. Yeah, I need to get to know this a little bit more. Um, and it was a really simple, like easy read. Um, but I think it just shocks people into like how little they actually love themselves. Yeah, it's quite like, um, I don't know what the word is, but when you said to people like self-love and using the terms of the language we use, self-love, self-care, it's a little mm. bit like off-putting for people in it to like embrace liking themselves or loving themselves. It's kind yeah. of a bit, something we yeah. don't really want to touch on in it. Yeah, and it sucks that it's like that because... Like how nice is it? Because you, when you love someone, like the way you love your wife, like you probably don't love yourself as much as you love your wife, even though it would be totally reasonable if you do, because yeah. you've got to spend your rest of life with you before you have to spend it with your wife. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So with yourself more really than any other body, anybody else. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's mental. It's just funny. I've done some kind of like webinars using incremental gains as the platform around like self care practices and stuff and. I think it's just a lot. I can't think of a better way to phrase it other than like self-care, self-love, looking after mm. yourself. But it's kind of them words and the language we use just completely puts a barrier up in front of people. Or I'm not really into that. Or I don't need it. Or yeah, you know, I, know. I don't need it as well. It's like, if only you knew how much you probably do need it. Because when you start opening your eyes up to it, like it is, it is a bit like Pandora's box when you get into like self-development. You're like, oh, there's a lot that I need to do in terms of work. Yeah. But then it's also the progress side of it starts making you feel better. So it does kind of like balance it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A book that um, kind of not, not necessarily shocked me, but it wouldn't be something that I'd be interested in reading that much until recently. And I picked it up and it was Breath by uh, James Nestor. Yes, yeah. yeah. And Because um, I know you've had, you've had some um, breath experts and breath work practitioners on your, on your podcast recently. Yeah. So like you can have, maybe if people are a little bit intimidated by meditation, just simple breath work practices that could be like the the entry into into looking at meditation yeah. a bit more, couldn't it? Yeah, like a little gateway drug into, yeah. into meditation. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's weird breath work. It can take just like even just places. nasal breathing. Like I've always had issues breathing through my nose when I was younger, and yeah. I read um, Patrick McKeown's book, The Oxygen Advantage. Oh yeah, the nose is a use it or lose it organ, isn't it? Mm. And that sounds counterintuitive that if you do start breathing through your nose, even though you can't breathe through your nose, eventually you your nostrils will, will open up and 
you'd be yeah. able to use your nose. <laughs> it's really strange. Have you done, have you tried like taping your mouth shut at night? Or I have. Yeah, my missus goes mad because since I think January, I bought some. Um, I think it's potato tape or whatever it's called. Yeah. And I put it on my mouth and there's a little gap so you can still obviously breathe a little bit, but keeps you, yeah, I look ridiculous. I've got my eye mask on. Got me yes. a plus in. <laughs> tape over my mouth. It's called <laughs> self-care. Yeah. <laughs> Read a book. Yeah. But I think there's definitely something to it. I have, honestly, and I'm not just saying this now, slept well better since mm. being doing nasal breathing, being asleep. Yeah. And I bet you don't snore now, so that's sweet. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you, you practice as well? A bit more kind uh, of breath work as opposed in your meditation practice and that? Nah, my meditation is more just like sitting there and like just being still. And then breath work, like I do it every now and then. Like I did one of Jamie Clements, who was on my podcast. I did one of his like workshops on a Sunday a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And that was really good. But like it's it's not something I'll be doing all the time because I That's feel cool. better from meditation. I feel like meditation's the root to find the answers to the questions that I'm looking for anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's kind of two approaches to it. Like we said, the breath work is like a, a gateway into the meditation, but then meditation mm. takes a whole life on of its own, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. So some little quick fire questions, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. So Kindle or hardback? Hardback, but Kindles are very useful. So even when you're out in, in Bali, was your because obviously traveling to and from places was a Kindle just more for necessity. Yeah. Essentially. Like I just, I, I know I needed it because you can obviously, you can have hundreds of books just yeah, yeah. in this little thing and taking books abroad. They're pretty heavy and take yeah. up a lot of space in, yeah, in yeah, of course, yeah. packaging. So Kindle was like, yeah, like you say, a necessity, but I do prefer like an actual book. Yeah. So just off the back of that, how do you take notes normally? Would you take notes as you go or at the end of a chapter, go back and refer back through it? Or I very rarely take notes until the end. Right. And that's when I'll like, so I'll, the way that I highlight is I'll read the whole chapter. I then go back and find the bits that stuck out to me and highlight them. So I'm like, I'm less like free with my highlighting as some other people are. I just like highlight loads of pages. And then I'll do that all the way through the book. And then at the end of the book, I'll be like, right, what were those questions that I wanted answered by the end of the book? I'll write them down without looking it up. And then I'll check it with the information there. And then I just essentially chuck that on a Google document. And then I just go from that, like little prompt points when yeah. I'm doing the review of it. Like um, but I don't necessarily like study the books. Like I'm, the whole idea is that I do it for enjoyment. And if there's something I really want to learn, like I know that I'm going to be talking about the book, I'll I'll make notes more in depth. Yeah. But if I know I'm not going to do an episode on it, like I, I won't bother to take notes anyway. I'm, I'm more than happy to just take one overarching lesson from a book than take like 15, 20 smaller lessons. Right. Because um, I, I guess that's the idea that the authors have is like, I just want people to know this by the end of the book rather than all of the like sub this is that come off of it. Yeah. That's quite cool how you do your reviews. Actually, like the little like 20 minutes, you're not you're not trying to tell people the whole book, otherwise, what's the point? Because mm. they won't buy it and read it then. You're just yeah. giving like a few little tasters here so people will actually physically go and buy the book. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. That's what I want that. really. Is like yeah. I, I want people to want to read. And obviously yeah. you can't force that, so you just have to lead by example. So if I can half sound it, like I know what I'm talking about, people might be like, oh, I'd like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. So um we've already touched on it, but Persevere with it or get rid? Get rid. Get rid. In the morning or before bed? 
Reading. Morning. Morning. Fiction or non-fiction? I would go non-fiction, but there's so much you can learn from fiction books because you like get to come to the answers yourself. You come to the realizations yourself. You're not being told, you're being yeah. shown. And it's such a better way to learn is to be like, oh, yeah. I'm living this life. This is the lesson they've taken on. I could apply that to my own life. So pick up another book straight away or sit with the one you've read for a little bit and meditate on it, think about it. It depends. Like I would never finish a book and then just grab one straight away. Like I'm yeah. not like a, I need the next fix. <laughs> so I would say probably just sit with it. And then from reading that other book, you'll be like, okay, what do I want to learn about now? And like, if you're like me and have spent far too much money on books, like you've got a whole like library to choose from. <laughs> like, right. That's what I'm interested in today. That's what I'm going to pick up. Um, but yeah, I would say probably sit with it. Yeah. Cool. Do you, do you set an intention? You did a, a post um, a couple of days ago, I think it was, and you was being quite funny with it, so I don't know if it was serious or not, but do you set an intention before reading a book, like something you want out of that book beforehand? Yeah, like I, I always think of it as if I'm meeting the author mm-hmm. and I'm, I've got a question for them, and then I find the answer to that question in the pages. So right, I'm cool. like, what's, what's the main thing I need to know from... What book have we got? Uh... Let's take Surrounded by Idiots because I'm doing that for the um, like my book club this month. Like the, the when I first picked up that book about 18 months ago, I was like, right, how do I deal with the people in my life who have been given these personalities that are so different to mine? Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to know. And it was mainly because I was like, right, my sister and me are completely different. It's like, how are we different? And how can we manage each other and have a good relationship? And and that was like that was why I was reading that book, and that's what I got out of it. Right. Um, <clears throat> that's cool. That's something I'm going to try and approach myself now. Like, what do I want to get out? Setting an intention before picking up a book and reading it. What would you necessarily want a question from the author to be answered? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, I always, I always like, I do that book doctor thing on Instagram. So look, I'm prescribing people books. But I do that to myself all the time. Like, right, where am I lacking at the moment? I'm like, right, well, I'm unorganized. Okay, let's find a book for that. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, I'm a being a bit righteous. How can I change my mind more often? Okay, I'll learn about how important it is to change your mind. Yeah. Um, and then I'll listen to a book on that or read a book on that. That's cool, yeah. That's something that I'm definitely going to take away now, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are you reading now at the moment? What are you looking to review? Uh, how to Avoid a Climate Disaster, which is somewhere in and right. my room that I'll be doing an episode on soon just because it's Bill Gates it's not actually that good so far but it's like I I've looked at what the chapters are and the more interesting chapters are towards the end yeah but I feel like with a book like that to be armed with the statistics that are all the way through you kind of have to go go through each pages yeah definitely um what else have I got with you I don't know this is this May coming up is going to be the first month that I've got it planned out like each episode because usually i'm just like right okay i need an episode for next monday what can i read <laughs> it's, it's very unorganized but now i've, I've read a couple of books on on organization i feel like i'm, I'm ready to go <laughs> cool cool so what is next for the podcast what uh, what things are, have you got any goals for the podcast that you want to achieve by a certain time or how how are you looking to, to grow and expand is there any plans for that so i spoke to do you know russell kane the comedian yeah um him, yeah I spoke to him the other day and he said that when he pops up at a random like comedy night, when he goes out, the audience is split into three people and the three 
like one third is like, oh, I love this guy. It's Russell Kane. He's from the telly. I love him. He's funny. I'm going to laugh no matter what he says. The middle are like, oh, I can't remember this guy. Is he funny? Is he not? And they're a little bit open to laughing. And then there's a set of people that don't want to laugh because they just think he's a twat. <laughs> so he's like, they are the only people I'm trying to make laugh. Right. And it just made me think, I was like, I am sort of dealing with my audience as a bit of like an echo chamber of all these people that want the same thing. I'm like, right, how can I get the people that don't want to improve to want to improve? And that's what I've, that's the sort of task I've given myself now is just to try and expand the audience into people that wouldn't necessarily listen to a podcast about books. So how do you, how do you go about doing that? (laughs) That I don't know. I think I'm going to have to get a little bit more aggressive in my videos and be a bit more like, hey, I'm talking to you, like, come over here. (laughs) (laughs) Just out of interest, did, did you have a platform before you started the podcast? No, I literally no. had like eight, 800 followers on Instagram. Yeah. That was just like, and I remember I deleted about 400 followers because it was, I, I'd got to a stage where I wanted my life to be a little bit more private. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know these people anymore. I'll get rid of them from following me. So I had like 800 followers and then started the podcast. And now it's at like 20 odd thousand and there's far too many people looking at what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but which is a great thing because it means that like they're listening to what I'm saying, hopefully. Yeah. No, it's been fantastic, mate, and uh, I've enjoyed watching it grow as well. From like um, being quite early on, listening to your to your podcasts and yeah. on the Instagram feed and that as well. So, but no, it's been brilliant. But um, thanks for your thanks for your time this morning, Ed. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. It's been a pleasure. No problem. No, it's been brilliant. Um, where can people find you or sign up to to get a free bookmark if they want one? And how can <laughs> get in touch with you? <laughs> um, best best place will be Instagram. So a need to read with number two. Um, and not the word on Instagram, then you find everything from there, like Spotify, Apple links, um, no free bookmarks, but <laughs> we'll see what you can do. <laughs> Brilliant, man. No, I appreciate your time this morning. And that was Wicked Ed. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Bye.